Hey everybody, so today's episode, we have an amazing guest. We are so thrilled to welcome Abby Weitzel to Unfiltered Waters. Abby is a two-time Olympian, an Olympic gold medalist, and she was the first woman ever to break the 21-second barrier in the 50-yard freestyle. She has had such a longevity in our sport already, and as a female sprinter, it is just so impressive what she has accomplished and how she is stayed at the top for so long. We talked to Abby about confidence, about how she's maintained that longevity, how she's continuing to find joy and happiness and balance in the sport. We talk about her late start to swimming. She didn't start until she was 12, which is much later than a lot of elite athletes normally start, and how that impacted her career and her love for what she does every single day. Abby is super open about talking about body image and body positivity. So we speak about that as well. And of course, her experience as a cow golden bear and where she is right now with training. We had an incredible conversation with her. So many wonderful topics came up and we are so thrilled to give you Abby Weitzel. podcast is a Cannonball Media production. Sleep is the foundation to performance and longevity. It is either enhancing your performance or holding you back from your highest potential. Dream Recovery is committed to just that, helping people sleep as well as possible so they can conquer the day. Dream Recovery believes in the power of evidence-based solutions to optimize sleep and recovery. Yes, and everyone deserves to feel their best, and that starts with a great night's sleep. So many of our own Unfiltered Waters guests use Dream Recovery's sleep mask and mouth tape, including Carson Foster and Michael Andrew, and they swear by how much it has helped their sleep and performance in the pool. Visit dreamrecovery.io to have your best sleep ever. Use code UNFILTERED for 30% off your entire order and 50% off your first month of Dream Tape. Sweet dreams. You guys know that Missy and I are always on the lookout on ways to strengthen our immune system, improve our fitness, and of course, our hair and skin. We both recently discovered an incredible product in Armra. So what is Armra exactly? Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. The biggest benefit for me has been strengthening my immune system. I am constantly on a plane and on the road, and it's helped so much. And for me, I dealt with so much postpartum hair loss after having my daughter. Armora has helped so much in terms of getting my hair back to being healthy and strong. So we've got a surprise for you. We've worked on a special offer for our Unfiltered Waters family. You'll receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmora.com unfiltered. Or enter unfiltered to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash unfiltered. Abby, welcome to Unfiltered Waters. We are so happy to have you on on this as dreary here Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Um, but yeah, th- thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I watched your your first one and I'm, I'm pumped. Thanks. Oh, thank Hi. you. We're so happy to have you. We so appreciate it. And you're at your parents' house right now, yeah? 
I am for the holidays. So I'm at my parents for a few days. Um, and then I'm going to my fiance's family's house for the actual Christmas. Perfect. Nice. Oh my gosh. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about you and Jenny. We'll get there, but I'm so excited. <laughs> Please tell them I say hi. So little background again, we'll totally get more into this, but I trained with Abby's fiance when I was swimming with the men's team at Cal. And so watching y'all's relationship has just been so fun. We are so excited for you guys. And you officially set the date, right? It's, is it September yes. of next year? September 21st. Oh, I'm, so I'm September 14. So September is a great month to get married. It is. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to get married in September. So I'm like so excited. Perfection. Oh my gosh. Well, we can't wait to talk about that, but I'll let Katie start off because there's so many things we're just so thrilled to talk to you about. And again, just thank you so much for being here. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to hear a life update. You know, how's training going? What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so training's going really well. Uh, it's been really hard in a good way. And so I'm really excited for this upcoming year. It was like a tough fall of training as everyone normally has and, um, got to race a little at us open through that. And now just hitting the holidays and then starting the next year at OTC per usual Cal style. And, uh, going through all the pro series. So training has been really good. Um, I've been training really well and I'm really excited. Um, and this weekend life update, I mean, I'm at my parents. So we did our Christmas morning today cause I'm leaving to go. So like my family did our Christmas morning today and then, um, yeah, we'll all do actual Christmas with, uh, Michael's family. So yeah, but well, I'm just hanging out. I've got two crazy dogs and everyone always asks me like, what do you do when you're not swimming? And I'm like, um, nothing. Yeah. No, <laughs> I spend my time recovering recently because I'm so tired from training. Um, but yeah, I, I do a lot of random stuff, honestly, but yeah, I've just been training and recovering and honestly, that's been my life recently. I love that. Honestly though, I feel like that in and of itself, like people need to hear that. Like, what do you yes. do when you're not training as an Recover. elite athlete? And you're like, um, recovering from training for being Yeah. <laughs> like, I straight up like I have morning practice and then I come home and like the Cal schedule is we only have like some days you end at eight and some days you end at nine and recently I've been ending at nine because like they were doing finals and stuff and um throughout the fall I actually had most of my days ending at nine when we had morning practice and so then I lift at one so I have four hours in between practices and I live like 20 minutes away so I really have like three hours at home yeah that is not so, like, a, lot not a lot I'm sitting and I'm then I leave for afternoon and then I come home from afternoon and I'm like eating dinner and like going to bed. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's called a full time job. <laughs> like people, it, people don't swear, understand. Like, like it's, yes, I am doing random things in between. Like I have a lot of emails or I'm doing like a podcast or I'm doing like random stuff or like sponsorship stuff or, you know, I'm doing like other work things or like hanging out with someone at dinner or doing that. But like, for the most part, my full-time job is training. And so I sound really lame when everyone's like, what do you do? And I'm like, honestly, nothing, <laughs> but also a lot of other things. Like there's a lot that goes into it as you guys know. So like, this is cool to talk about, but yeah, it is a full-time job. Like I am making sure I am eating and recovering and stretching and doing all of this stuff that I can because I'm so tired and I need to get up and do it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, yeah. Like I, I see you doing sauna, which I don't know if you've seen. Missy and I are obviously obsessed sauna. with sauna. So what types of things are you doing to recover? What are the main things you prioritize? 
Yeah, so I recently got a sauna this year, and I'm obsessed. They're um, the so best. Sauna, and then, yeah, it, it's amazing. Um, so I have, like, an infrared. It's a dual, so it's infrared or steam. Oh, um, awesome. And so I've actually fallen in love with the infrared one, mm-hmm. uh, the infrared side of it. But, yeah, so saunaing, I do a lot to recover. Um, ice bath mm-hmm. is easy to – I love it. Like, at OTC, it's way easier because it's a setup for you in there. But at yeah. home, um, we recently actually just last week – we made a makeshift one. We didn't want to, you know, buy the cold tub ones yet because it's just a we. It's an investment. It's an investment it is. For later. It yeah. is. So we actually made a makeshift one right outside the sauna. It's a big one of those big like Rubbermaid black tubs that you can like fit your whole body in. Like it's huge. And then we um, bought a machine that's a water cooler. So like it oh, nice. has its tubes that's awesome. and like it's a filter that you have like it the 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 tube goes into it and it cools the water down to like 42 so it, it's a real ice bath so yeah we bought the machine for a water cooler and then made makeshift our own ice like our big rubbermaid tub so um yeah we made our own ice bath so i sauna an ice bath and then i'm really big on um everyone always asks me if i have like a crazy diet and i don't i just make sure eating enough is like mm-hmm. huge so making sure i'm eating enough is also like hard sometimes it's it's so tough and i feel like there's been this like massive misconception about swimmers and diets honestly mr phelps i know nothing <laughs> against michael but ever since he came out with that article that was like i eat 10 pizzas and 30 pancakes yeah. and so that's what like people think that we eat and i'm like no the hardest part about it is like eat trying to eat 5000 healthy calories healthy. a day yeah. healthy calories also girls is it's so different for girls yeah. too yes um but yeah people are like how many calories do you eat and i'm like honestly i don't count my calories but i just like know like i feel like i'm just like at a point in my career where i just know when i've eaten enough um and so i don't count my calories or anything but like eating enough protein throughout the day is so hard and making sure that i eat just like enough carbs or because I feel like when I don't eat properly like I feel it um like I know I'm I always say this like the older I get I know I'm still so young but in the sport of swimming like the older I get like I feel it when I go to practice and I haven't eaten properly like for the last two days or something like I haven't eaten enough like I can feel that difference so that's just also a full-time job Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's so cool (laughs) that you've like gained that much insight and wisdom about your own body over the years. And we're going to go into it because, you know, in our prep for this, Katie and I were talking about just how insanely impressive your longevity in this sport has been as a female sprinter. And we just really wanted to emphasize that, especially for people that may not understand the sport of swimming in the same way that we do, like to be at the top and stay at the top for as long as you have in and of itself is unbelievable to do it as a sprinter, like adds this whole other level of complexity because of how many uncontrollables there are because of how quick you know, these races are the difference that hundreds and tens of like, those make such a big impact and you have stayed so consistent. So we're going to go into that. But before we do, I kind of want to go back to the beginning. Cause one of the things I love about your story is that you didn't start swimming until you were a little bit older. I think it was 12 years old. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Yeah. about that? I love that because I know that we work with a lot of athletes where they feel so far behind if they are 
10, 11, 12, and they're just getting into the sport with some of their peers who started when they were five, six, seven. And here you are, you started when you were 12. By 2012, you were at trials. 2014, you had an American record. And 2016, you had an Olympic gold medal. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about kind of just your initiation into the sport and what that climb was like for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, thank you for saying that because I sometimes forget that to be proud of myself for like my longevity in the sport. Cause I still haven't reached personal goals of mine, but like my career in itself is like something that I take for granted, I think. Um, but yeah, so I started, I have two older sisters and they both swam in high school. So, um, that's kind of how I got into the sport of swimming. And I actually like learned the strokes when I was nine. Um, I remember like learning breaststroke and the coach was like on the side of the pool trying to like show me. And I thought it was like single arm, single leg. Cause you can't stand yeah. on both legs. I love so when I coaches like, try to do oh, that. Oh, do I switch legs? <laughs> like they were like, what are you doing? And it no. was at and that like, moment okay. that we knew Abby Weitzel was not going to be a breaststroker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started as one actually. I'm Did not you? bad. Yes. Okay. So I, anyways, I learned the strokes when I was nine. I swam for like three months out of the year on a rec team. And then I didn't swim when I was 10. My family was like too busy. And then when I was 11, I like went back for the three months of in the summer league, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and then we moved. Um, I tried club team. I quit. I hated it. Um, it was too much for me. Uh, <laughs> I hated going to practice. It's a big transition, then, especially if you're just coming from summer league. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh-uh, yeah. no, not going to work. Um, I quit. And then we moved. I was born in Southern California. This was all in Northern California. And then we moved back to Southern California. And the only option, because my where we lived didn't have a summer league, was club team. And for some reason, I wanted to swim still. Like, my mom was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. And so <laughs> I joined Canyons Aquatic Club. And I still never went to, like, Friday or Saturday practices. Like, it was, like, too much. Like, I was like, mm, I don't like it. Like, but I, for some reason, was like, I had friends, like I just moved there. So like it was friends and like I liked it, but I didn't. And then one time I got called out for not coming to practice. And so I like had to come to practice that Saturday. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I showed up to practice and I have a vivid memory because it was one of my first long course practices ever because we could only do long course like on the weekends on club then at that point in my career. And it was like the longest practice of my life. I hated it. It was so cold. It was morning practice. I was like, I hate this sport. (laughs) And and from then on out, I just kept going to practice. And then I started to find my love for it. Mm. I don't know where it came from. Like, I just loved like the people I like. I had my friends and I started to like, be like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, like, I might as well like do it. So I started like trying and like putting effort into it. (laughs) And then I started to like, start to succeed in breaststroke. There we go. I almost got my first junior national cut in breaststroke at J.O.'s. I remember this. I don't think I could go that time ever again. <laughs> I, was like, I don't even know what happened to me. Um, I was like 114 long course in the 100 breasts. Like what? When I was like, well, I was probably like, what, 14? Oh my know. gosh. I'm I don't think so impressed. Yeah. But then, yeah, my freshman and sophomore year at Cal, I was doing breaststroke the 50 breast on the two medley relay at NC's. I don't, yeah, um, I did not know that. I had no idea. And that's yeah, awesome. Cause breaststroke when we won my freshman year, the two medley relay, cause Farida did freestyle. Oh, so it was like, Baker, it was Baker, uh, Noemi Thomas, me and Farida. 
Oh my god. Or Baker me, no I mean. And it's such a unique combination. I mean, the only other combo of female sprinter and breaststroker that I can think of is Jess Hardy. And Kate Douglas. And Kate Douglas. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Yeah. Jessica was like the first one. Long course. I'm not long course international breaststroke. You you need the pullouts. You need the pullouts. You can rock some pullouts. (laughs) Yeah. I am a start and a pull out 50 breast short course kind of girl. Um, <laughs> Own it. No, no, no. We're not comparing long course to breast I'm just saying that that's how we started. Anyways, so long story short, I just I kept succeeding in, um, in swimming and I kind of kept climbing. And once I kind of found my goals, like, oh, like I almost reached my first junior national cut. Like, okay, like let's go for that. And then I started to like reach those goals. And then I, for some reason, breaststroke left and freestyle came to the picture. And in 2011, I was at junior nationals in Palo Alto and I got my first Olympic trials cut in the 100 free by like 0.01 or something. So I went to trials in 2012 and was just one of those people that were kind of there, right? You're just there to be there and like had no dreams or anything of like even making the team. Um, I was kind of just there. And I remember watching people at 2012 trials and just thinking to myself, that would be so cool to be that fast. Like, I was just like, I wonder what that would be like. I'll never know. Like, It looks oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a great <laughs> time. Winning and like making the Olympic team. Like, Casual. And I was just there like enjoying life. Like, oh, that'd be, that'd be cool. But I don't, not going to be me. Um, and then what do you know, four years later, um, so 2013 rolls around and I had changed club coaches at this point just cause a new one came in and 2013 rolls around and I won juniors long course and made my first world junior team. Um, and then 2014 rolls around and I made Pam packs in the hundred free, um, where Missy, we were on the same relay. Yeah. And like the six days of rainy Australia. <laughs> Yes, rainy Australia. But I felt so cool because I was on Missy's relay. Like, I was like, heck yeah. I'm on Missy Franklin's relay. I'm so cool. I um, love that. That is so sweet. And, <laughs> and then 2015 rolled around. We go to Worlds. And then 2016 rolled. So my career kind of just kept rolling at this point. Like, nothing had really gone wrong. And I just, like, kept finding my next goal. And then I remember in 2014 – when I broke my first American record short course um, and I decided to defer from college to take that gap year and just train where I w- what was working um, is when I really kind of started to be like, oh, I, I could make the Olympics. Like to understand what like that that was a goal that like I could reach because it never really like I couldn't I started swimming so late that like I'm I was such a newbie to the sport that I really didn't even get it you know like I was so oblivious to everything and once I kind of like 2014 is when I think I was like oh I okay I get it do you think that's been a blessing like do you think because it happened like you were so almost ignorance is bliss sometimes so unaware that that has contributed to just feeling like you can continue for a longer period of time Yeah, I think it's kind of like the underdog mentality where you're just kind of out there like you got nothing to lose and I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) Like I was just like swimming, you know, and I was succeeding and I was working really hard. Like it didn't just happen, obviously, but um, I kind of realized like what I needed to work towards in 2014. And so I was like, okay, I have two years, like let's go. 
Um, and so that's when 2016 rolls around and like dreams came true, made my first Olympic team and it was just like unreal. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of how my career unfolded. And then from then on every year is just a learning experience. You know, I have a lot of experience at this point, but I'm still learning something about myself, about me being an athlete, about this, about that every single year. Um, and so I remember after 2016, I was like, oh, I know everything. Like I'm, I've been through it and like, yeah, I knew some, but I looking back to myself at in 2016 and also like the year after, like, just like, I'm just such a different, I didn't know anything still. Like I was just still such a little newbie, naive little person, which is great. But I've just learned and grown so much since then too. So Um, It's just a continuous learning experience and gaining more love for the sport and also like perspective of the sport, like the more I go through it. So that's kind of how I started and kind of how we've just unraveled through it. I think that's something that I love about you just watching from afar is it just seems like in interviews and how you communicate is like you have this humility now where you're like, oh, like I would like, you know, you talked about, I think it was a Mel uh, interview about the Aussies and your friendship with Maddie Wilson. But I would love to hear from your perspective of just where you got that humility. And maybe it's just from trial and error. Um, But your curiosity in how the Aussies train, your curiosity in how other people train, um, where did that come from? Uh, thank you. I mean, I feel like it, it's hard to, sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow. I mean, we're all very competitive people. Um, and I think there's a balance between being so competitive that you are so in your head and like, you know, need to be the best and like, I'm the only one that matters. And like, if I can't do it, like, I don't want anyone else to be able to do it. And then there's a balance, which is to a certain extent, like we're all so competitive, like you need that fight in your brain, but then to, to appreciate what our sport is and the amazing things that other people are doing. And it's like, yeah, that can be your motivation to get there. And like, yeah, I want that for myself. I really do. That's what I work towards every day. Like that's my goal. I have my personal goals And I'm working towards that every day, but I think you can use like other people and like look at what other people are doing and be like, wow, good for you. Like, that's amazing. Like, good, good on you. Like, that's amazing what you're doing. It's incredible. I want to be able to do that. So I'm going to use you as motivation to know that it's possible and also to, to learn from you because no one knows everything and you can learn from other athletes. You can learn from other coaches. You can learn from your friends. You can do all of that. And just like one, enjoy yourself. This is a sport. We got to learn to just like be there and enjoy what we're doing and also just like utilize other people to learn from them and appreciate that our sport is growing and appreciate that like people in the U.S. like yeah women's sprinting is getting faster and people are like oh like does that make you scared and I'm like no it makes me hyped because we need it and we need that for our relays like we need everyone to be fast and like fight each other for spots because that means our relays are going to be good like I think there's different ways to look at the sport and look at what people are doing and be excited about it. And yeah, I'm like, "Mm, I want to be in there. And I, we all want to be in there and we all want to get our hands to the wall first. And I think it's just a matter of like perspective and how you utilize that fight and not just like shut yourself down and like, who cares? I don't care what other people are doing. You know, that quote of utilize the fight. I I love that. I know. Like 
obsessed with that. And I think that that perspective is so important because I remember, you know, telling people that if I went out into a final session and there was seven empty lanes, terrible. there is no way I would have swum the way that I swam. And so you absolutely get this respect for the people that you're competing against because they are the ones ultimately pushing you to be the best you've ever been. And so even though, you know, there can be some media around almost hitting us against one another, it is so wonderful for you to share that perspective truly as a current athlete at the top of her game that yes, of course we're competing against each other, but we're also encouraging each other in doing that. We're also making each other better in doing that. And it's something that you can use for yourself to be the best version instead of having it something tearing you down. Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing to learn how to do. I mean, I went through a phase, especially in my earlier days where I was just like, you know, I was in that mindset where I was just like, okay, well, what am I getting? Like me, 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 like I, I, I. And like, yeah, it, it go, it works to a certain extent, but when you, like I, I've been around for too long, that gets so tiring. Yeah. It's so mentally like, oh my gosh, it's mentally like terrible. It tears you down. So you got to like, it's a learning, it's an experience thing. It's a learning thing of how to switch your mindset and, you know, look at, like I said, look at what other people are doing because yeah, you're right. You can't, you can't race necessarily how you would next to amazingly talented athletes, you well, know? And it also doesn't so. mean that you've lost your edge. I think that's what I thought for a long time of like, oh, well, if I look around and learn from other people and like, I, you know, I respect other people and it means for some reason that I'm going to lose this like savage edge that I had when in, in actuality it's helping you and you can learn. Like I remember starting to learn things as I was coming up through the ranks, like Maggie Bowen was teaching me how to do turns and teaching me how to do better starts. Cause I was terrible off the, off the block. So I think that then gets passed down from generation to generation of like, Hey, you can still help these athletes coming up and we can help each other. That doesn't mean that when we dive off the blocks that we're not all going for each other's throats, not to be. <laughs> Missy always makes fun of me because I'm like kill, murder, like <laughs> yeah, savage yeah. is the I'm correct. I'm still trying to like yeah, like I'm diving off those blocks and like I'm coming for you. Yeah, okay. exactly. I'm coming for you. Coming but, for you. <laughs> yeah, but like if for some reason like my hand doesn't get to the wall, which I'm gonna do everything in my power to do that. Like I'm not gonna look at you and be like. <laughs> exactly yeah I mean because you be like no like okay yeah and now I have something to work towards you know like good for you I can be internally very upset for some reason and I can I can I've learned to internalize Mm -hmm. and go back and it's okay to be upset for a certain amount of time like with myself and I will learn from that I work with my coach and like look at the race and do all that but like I don't have to be mad at the person who beat me. You know, like it's not about that. It's about utilizing that to be like, okay, how can I be better? Yes. So yeah, we all just make each other better. I mean, I think on that vein, I would love to hear, obviously, this past summer, there was so much talk around the Aussies and, and us at World Championships. And we were just talking like that has been a thing for, I mean, I remember in 2000 watching when I was 11 years old, which is dating me, but watching, you know, the whole thing with Michael Klim and like, we're going to smash the Americans like guitars. And like that just fueled the fire and made us better, made them better. Um, so just curious of your thoughts on the quotes that happened after world championships and kind of all the hype around it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one, it's sport. 
and we are all competing against each other. Like at the Olympics, World Championships, you've got USA, you've got Australia, you've got you got all the countries, and then USA and Australia are just we're so deep in a lot of events and we're pitted against each other in relays and all of this, like it's going to happen. We're going to be pitted against each other, but it doesn't mean we don't respect each other. Like, like I said, I have friends on the Australian team. Like I, like I've never had a one-on-one interaction with them and they've never had a one-on-one interaction with me where we're like, not like, Hey, like, (laughs) how are you? (laughs) Good job. Like you did amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like behind the blocks, like, Oh my gosh, giving each other a hug. Like, I don't know where the media gets. Yeah. (laughs) That we hate each other because (laughs) I don't think we do. I mean, no, that's the, that's the irony of it. You know, I don't know. Like sometimes I'm reading stuff and I'm like, really? Cause I was there. I was behind the block. Not actually. how I saw it. So I was actually in the race. So I don't know what where you found that out. But okay. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a matter of we respect each other. Like I like what they did this last summer. It was insane. It was incredible. Like it just gives us something to work towards. You know, like we have to take a step back and be like, all right, we're coming. We got to work our our butts off, and we're gonna figure out to wit a way to be like at the top of our game. And so it just gives each other to work something towards. They know that we're coming. They know we're there. We know they're there. And I think, like, it's just within the U.S., like, we're there to make each other better. And I think it's really cool to have someone to chase. And, you know, we've been chasing them in the 4 free relay. And everyone knows that. And it's, like, a statement that they're unbeatable. And it's, like, well, we're going to work our – we're going to work our butts off and we're going we're gonna to be coming. So – it's just like it's sport. It's what sport is. And I think people swimming isn't like used to that kind of banter and sport in the in our in our sport. And so even if I mean I wouldn't even call it banter. I think it's just the media portraying it, but I think people are just so unused to it in our sport, but I think it's healthy for you to have competition but respect, you know? And it's like no one's out here disrespecting each other. At least what I've witnessed personally yeah Mm -hmm. um so i don't know if other people have different things but i'm speaking for myself and what i've seen and been on deck with and i think they're very friendly they're very very nice people and i think what they do in the water is crazy it's crazy cool and it's fun to watch watch. yeah Yeah. it's so fun to watch (laughs) absolutely when i'm in the water i'm like hold on on. wait (laughs) maybe slow down (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But it gives me something to work towards. And it's just like, it's so crazy just to watch them. And I think this last year was just a big statement for them. And it's like, all right, well, here we come, you know? And so I think it's just healthy in our sport to have rivalries and to have, because what else is like, that's what sport is. Yeah. I mean, we're not a UFC press conference. We're like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so good to hear that perspective. Like, and I, I love to have, especially younger athletes to hear that of like, yes, you can have rivalries. Yes, you can be competitive and you can be completely mutually respectful at the same time. You do not have to choose. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I feel like that's just like what it, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just, you're just wise. You're just wise. But it, it makes sense because we talk about your longevity and hearing even you just sharing all these different perspectives. Like it's just more and more evident as to why you have been so successful for so long. And I want to get a little bit into, I know you've talked about 
the transition to Cal and, you know, when you first kind of started college, and I know that that's a big transition for everyone, for any high school athlete that's going to compete in college, no matter what division it is. And I love how openly you've talked about the freshman, sophomore year being tough, like not trusting yourself, not trusting your training and then kind of figuring it out. But just, it took time. It took effort. So I would love if you could share a little bit about your experience in transitioning to college and really how you kind of got through those first couple years and your major takeaways from that transition. Yeah. So I, uh, I always talk about this and I think it's, so everyone's always like, you know, when did you hit your plateau? And I'm like, well, when I went to college, um, I like my career was all like up, 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 up. Oh, and then hit college, but not for the reasons a lot of people may think. Um, so yeah, freshman years in its of itself, like I stayed home from college. I deferred, right. So I stayed home and just swam. And for an 18 year old, 19 year old, however old I was like, that's hard when all your friends go off to college and you like just graduated high school and you're like so excited. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually, nope, all my friends are going to go and I'm going to stay home and I'm going to swim and all I'm going to do is swim and all I'm going to think about is swimming. And all I'm going to do is grind, 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 grind for this one goal. And all my emotions are riding on this one goal. And, um, it worked <laughs> and I, it was worth it. I don't regret one thing. But it was hard. And I think when I went to college, I was so excited to just be like free. It was post-Olympic year. It was my first, it was my friend. I was just so excited to like have friends and have a social life and do all these college things. And that's okay. And my swimming like fell through because one, I was just enjoying myself in college and post-Olympic year. And two, I just like switching trainings. Like I didn't trust it. And it had nothing to do with the staff, the team, the coach, whatever it was, like it was just me and me not trusting in my training and like believing in what we were doing. And I think that comes from what I learned because I I was a little better sophomore year and then I came out of a junior year was that there's, I went into it with the mindset that there was one correct way to get to my goals. Mm -hmm. There was one way to do it. And when I switched from my club to my what I knew worked and what I thought was the only type of way to get to my goals. Then I switched to college and I was like, this isn't working. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, why am I doing that? You know what I mean? And so what I came out of that looking back now and trying to figure out what happened and talking through it a lot is like, I didn't trust myself and I didn't let myself have an open mind. And I didn't know then that there's multiple ways in life and in the sport to get to your goal. Mm-hmm. And there's not one correct way that there's, there's many ways. And if you just like, if you believe in what you're doing and you trust in what you're doing, it's, it's going to make you succeed more than if you're not. <laughs> and so that's what I really struggled with was just being like, this is, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mean, I had the time of my life. I made friends of a lifetime and I had a great time at NCs and all of that. But my swimming was struggling and I was just like, ugh, ugh. And then I started to be like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to just go into this with an open mind and just like believe and just let it, let it take me. And I did. And I started to succeed and I started to find myself in my swimming again. Um, so that was kind of like my plateau through college. And like my advice would be if you're going to college and you have had a, a lot of success on club and you're not really you're scared to change what's been working. 
you need to go into it knowing that there is more than one correct way to get to your goal, especially in swimming and especially as you get older. Um, and I think that was really, really hard for me to, to, to learn. Um, so yeah, that's where I like went through my hardship, um, was my first plateau was, was college, but then I kind of, I came out of it. Um, and so. Can you talk about how you did that? Because that you're like, yep. And then in junior year, I came out like that. Some people don't come out of that. That is extremely difficult. So what, what did you do to make that shift? I think what happened was, and I don't have a very exact answer on this because I don't really, I don't like, I know, but I'm not like, I can't pinpoint one thing. I think one, I was just like, I was tired of being upset after races. <laughs> and I was like, I need to figure out a way because I still want to do this. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to do it well. And I was, I was in it for the long haul. And I was like, I need to figure out what's happening. So with a lot of conversations with my coaches and I just needed to go into it with a different mindset, like I said, and I think it was coming to practice every day with the intent of doing something better. Mm. And it sounds very cliche and it sounds very small and everyone can tell you that, but I actually did that. And that helped me build on the trust of the training was like, I, I had a lot of sit downs and I was like, okay, this is like what we're going to be doing. And this is how, what I need to work on. And this is what I, I had a lot of mini goals. I, I guess that's the, what I could say as I had a lot of mini goals that I would have for myself in practice and that I would have for myself for meets and each year. And I just kind of built upon that Mm. and I would start reaching little goals and it would make me excited. And then I would like start built. So the little goals is where I really started. And it started in training because for me personally, I've learned that I get my confidence from training. So I'm training well, (laughs) I'll race well. Absolutely. And some people, it's not the same. Some people are like, I can just, you know, get behind the blocks. I'm a racer and I am a racer, but I need to know my confidence comes from my training. So I wasn't training well when I wasn't swimming well. So I was like, I need to get into my training. So I would have training goals. And that's kind of where I started to build my my confidence blocks back up because my confidence was completely shattered. And my trust in myself was completely shattered after like freshman year where I was like supposed to come in after Olympic year and like have this big rivalry with Stanford and like possibly win NCs. And I'm like, barely making finals out here <laughs> like I was just like you know I was like okay well oops. <laughs> this, um, this is what I got guys this is my best um I did my best I think I don't know um so yeah I started having mini goals and that's kind of how I got myself out of it and then I started training really well and then started racing really well and then the confidence kind of just builds on itself so mm-hmm. um for me it was just finding my confidence when I stepped behind the blocks because I do remember my freshman and sophomore year, like stepping out and being behind the blocks, like NCs. And I was just like, I don't know what's about to happen. (laughs) And when I'm thinking that behind blocks, it's not, it's not going to be good. So, um, don't know many people that could come out with that mindset and still, still rock it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got through that. That goal setting process is so important, not even just for athletes. Like that is a life goal (laughs) setting dream of that idea of I'm big on celebrating the little things and having those process goals, those small goals every single day, every day at practice. It truly does. It gives you a reason to celebrate. It gives you a reason to be proud and confident and then keep working. 
And it's just such a good way. It's impacted my life in my relationships, in my own personal growth in so many different ways. And I love that you've gotten to that point. And I know I've worked with amazing coaches. One of the most special coaches I have ever swam for is Dave Durden. So I know that you're training under him right now. How has that transition gone? And how do you now as a pro also training with a college team, how is that transition going for you? How are you balancing kind of that, that multiple act? Yeah. So I love the coaching staff at Cal Mm -hmm. and yeah, I've been swimming under Dave now for, I guess, a year and a half, two years now, maybe. Um, and it's been a great transition. I've loved swimming under him. Um, he's an amazing coach. He's an amazing guy. And, um, he just is a very comfort level coach. I feel like you just feel very comfortable around him. Um, and you just automatically trust what he's doing. I don't know why, but you just automatically trust that what he's telling you to do is like the right thing. It's the calming presence. (laughs) He does have a calming presence. I don't even know him that well. (laughs) It is. Yeah. I swear. Like, I mean, he is a dad, but like, it's like, it's like a comforting dad feeling. You yes. know what I mean? Like, he could, like, it's like, he's a very calming presence and obviously he's proven himself as a coach. So it's like, you just kind of believe that what he's telling you to do is right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he's, everyone's like, why is he said? And I'm like, because you just trust that what he's saying is going to make you the best athlete you can be. He also just um, seems like he so, cares about the actual person. Like I've had small interactions with him and you can just tell when, when a coach or a boss or anyone is talking to you, if they actually genu- genuinely care about you and your well-being mm-hmm. and how you're doing and things beyond. And that that's the energy that he gives. Yeah, he completely cares about you as a person as well. And that's really, really an important trait as a coach. Um, so he's, yeah, he's an amazing coach and I've loved training under him, especially having a pro group has mm-hmm. been great. Um, having, you know, not that we don't have people <laughs> on the college team that are going for the Olympic goal and medal goal and all of that, but they're just on a different path sometimes mm-hmm. with a lot more short course and NCAAs and all of that. So it's nice to have a group to um, train with that's like pros that are also going to like all of the meets I'm going to and long course focus and all of this. So the really big difference for me is having like a pro group and it's Mm -hmm. been amazing and it's been fun. Um, and yeah, training with the college team. Um, sometimes I train just with the men. Sometimes we're mixed. It just depends. Um, and I think it's just a really cool environment to have like the excitement of the college team and like the energy of the college team around you to remind you that it is fun and it's just like, they're goofy and they're younger and it's just like, it's a good time. And the saying, they keep me young, you know, but in <laughs> a, I'm an old person and uh, they're young people. But like, you know what I mean? Like the energy totally. of they keep me young in the sport. They keep me young is like the excitement of being on a college team because it is such a special thing that like I do miss. I mean, people are always like, do you miss the NCAA? And I'm like, at some, some in some ways, like I love being a pro, but I also like miss swimming with your best friends every day, like mm-hmm. on a college team. Like that's just the best thing ever. And so I do miss it. And they, it's like, I'm still around that. So it's fun. Um, and I've loved training. It's been so fun. Um, and it, they've, they're fast. So it also helps me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it's such a special environment. Cause I know 
you've talked about what you're gaining from them, but you are also giving so much in that environment too, to the professional group, but also to the collegiate group. It's really special when you do have that example every single day, when you walk into the pool of an athlete that is fighting so hard to accomplish their dreams and is at that level. So I, I know that Cal is a very elite environment that has had a lot of those athletes, but you are one of them now. And I think you're just setting such a good example for, for the team. And, uh, I know the pro group absolutely loves training with you and it's, it seems really special and it seems like you're really happy and really enjoying <laughs> the sport, which I think for us, like that brings us more joy than anything. So I would love to, to kind of transition a little bit into why there's been such a shift for you into focusing on happiness and balance and just overall, not just in the sport, but in your life and kind of realizing that for you, if it's just swimming all the time, you would go nuts and that would just not be what makes you happy and feel fulfilled. So maybe walk us through kind of what that's looked for you. What's that looked like for you the past several years? Because it's truly like, exuberant. Like you can feel it coming off of you that you're just so content with where you are and what you're doing. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I think I've gone, I've experienced the sport in both ways and I've learned to find a balance. Um, so I've experienced the sport where I am just, it's all I think about. It's all I do. It's all I breathe. It's literally 24 seven. And that I feel like can work a little bit better when you're younger, but as you've been in the sport, it just, it's it for me, it just overtakes me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm so mentally exhausted from that. Um, and then I've been a little bit on the other side where I was like, okay, I need to not do that. And then I went a little too much the other way where Mm -hmm. I was like, not cause it is a lifestyle to be at the top of your game, but it's to a certain extent. So I went a little bit the other way where I was just like, yeah, at practice, I'd be at practice. But when I wasn't at practice, I was just like doing other things. You know, I wasn't like making sure I ate properly. Like I was talking about like recovering, doing all of that properly. So I've learned to find a balance in that and live and breathe swimming, but to know when it's okay to shut it off and like turn my mind off or like go visit my parents for the holidays and not swim for three days. Like it's okay. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Can you and, say that again one um, more time, please? Can I know. you say that again one more <laughs> time <laughs> for the people in the back, please? <laughs> no, like it's like it's like it's okay, you know, like yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so I've learned to find the balance. And when you asked me what word like is something, I was actually talking to Michael and I was like, I need a word. And he was like, hmm. And I was like, help me. And he was like, balance. And I was like, <laughs> You know me. <laughs> That's why I'm married. You passed no, the test. <laughs> there it is. Um, no. So I was like, wow, that's actually like, that's great. That's like the perfect word because it is how I've found like, I've stayed sane these last couple of years. And I think 2022, people asked me, like, I missed the team. And I was like, I needed that. And I knew I needed that. Um, for many reasons. And people are always like, what happened? And this is a great tie into like the balance is because I had spent so much time in my younger years, just swimming, especially like when I took that year off of college and like, which is okay. Like that's what I needed at the time. But 
I think I went like it was too much after a while. And then I leaned into like, okay, I need to not think about swimming at all. And then I like went back and forth, you know, um, especially through my college, which is also part of freshman, sophomore year where I was like, I'm done. Like I'm free. Um, <laughs> get me away for a second. And so 2022, you know, post Olympic year, 2021, um, especially after that COVID year where everyone was like, I mean, everyone was just like a head case at that point. Like what's going on? I don't know. Like, do we swim? I'm just like emotionally drained from that. Everyone was not just me. Um, and then going to the Olympics and I actually like, I was proud of my Olympics. Like it, it's not my, I still have that personal goal of individually meddling. Mm-hmm. I've had that for 10 years and I have still not reached it. Like I, that's a great example of needing small goals because if I only had that one goal for 10 years, I'd probably have quit. Um, And so I've done it short course meters. I've done it short course. I have not done it long course. And I'm like, it's my goal. It's my dream to be on the podium for my own event. And um, I think I didn't do it in 2021, but I went best times. And, like, that's hard to do at the Olympics. And so incredibly hard. I did do it in semis and then I added in finals. But, again, it's Mm -hmm. a learning experience. And, like, I was very disappointed with myself. But I came out of that being, like, okay, I know what I've learned and I'm going again. And I went to ISL in 2021 and I enjoyed myself. I had such a fun time. And then I started to struggle at ISL a little bit. And then by the time January came around, I hadn't trained. Like I had, I took a year, I took some time off after the Olympics. I went to ISL, which you don't train at. You just race short course. And then you came home for a month. I went back to ISL for a month. And then I went to the holidays. And then I came back and it was January. And trials were in April. It's <laughs> like, so, so fast. I was like, what am I supposed to? It was January, February, March. I had three months. To get in shape and, and taper. Like, that's just not. Yeah. yeah. It didn't work. But I was like, okay. I, like, went into 2022 being, like, all my friends. Like, Kathleen's wedding was, like, in the middle of worlds. And, like, one of my really good friends. And I was just, like, I went into that year, like, not being ready to mm-hmm. go. I, like, remember being at trials being, like, okay, if I don't make it, like, it's – Like, I was already preparing myself mm-hmm. to not make it. And, yeah, it really hurt. Like, of course I cried when I didn't make it. Like, I – after the 100, like, I of course it hurt. But I was, like, okay with it because I knew it's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed to take a moment just, like, a summer to, like, not think about swimming so I could come back my best. And that's what I did. And I took that whole year – that whole summer off and I didn't touch the water. Didn't even watch Worlds. Like, I I checked on my friend's results, but I, like, didn't watch it. I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm taking a step back. And then I came back from it, and I was ready to go. I was like, I yeah. was I missed it. I was, like, ready to grind, and I came back and, like, found, found that new mindset. And so I think that comes back to balance for me is where, yeah, I don't need to take a whole summer off necessarily, but I did after nine years of not doing that. But, um it's like finding a balance of like learning to live and breathe your sport and be your best, but also know when to turn your brain off even for a day or two or three. Like I am right now at my parents for three days, not swimming. That's okay. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to start training again when I go to actual Christmas, like in Philly, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's just learning to like know that you need some space away from swimming, even if a few hours, 
Everybody knows that Katie and I are podcast co-hosts, best friends, and former teammates for Team USA. What you may not know is that we are also (laughs) hydration accountability buddies. Dialing in electrolyte intake can be beneficial for anyone prioritizing and restoring health through hydration. It also makes your water taste so good. Element is an electrolyte drink mix free of sugar, artificial colors, and other dodgy ingredients. We have always been really picky about what we put into our bodies to fuel it properly, and Element seriously checks all the boxes to keep us healthy and hydrated. And guess what? We are giving a free gift with purchase to all of our Unfiltered Waters family. You can receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through our custom URL, which we will link below. The Element Sample Pack includes one packet of every flavor, eight total, perfect for finding your favorite flavor, which mine, by the way, is watermelon. This offer is available for new and returning customers who click our link. You can even get a free sample pack with every Element purchase by purchasing through our link. Drink up. Yeah. I mean, something you talked about just now that I think needs to be said more is you go from the Olympics, right? And whether it's you're really happy with your performance or you're not, right? As you mentioned, I, I went through this. You just then are, because of the way that the sport is, you have your your obligations with your sponsors, you have world championships coming up and you don't ever have a second to process, right? It's just like, oh, nope, we're supposed to get back into it. And mm-hmm. then it all hits you later, right? It almost hits you a year later. Um, so I would love to hear your perspective on, you know, if you had been given a chance or if someone had say, hey, Abby, take a couple months and take a breather if you would have done anything differently. After 2021? Yeah. Um, that's such a hard question. I don't know. I mean, I think my breather was ISL. Like, I was just kind of, like, out there enjoying myself. Um, so I think, in a way, I did take a breather. But, again, I was still, like, you're still emotionally getting up behind the block. So not yes. really. Yes. Even if you tell yourself you don't really care. <laughs> you care. You care. You care. <laughs> People are getting out of that race being like, I literally suck. <laughs> yeah, the emotional piece is never just going to be like, I don't you care. You can never turn it off. No, you can't. no. You can't. Even if you tell yourself you can tell everyone else you can, you can't. You're I lying. Mean, I, <laughs> I race kids in like, clinics. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. I race kids in clinics and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to beat them. <laughs> I'm like stressed out before. Like, like, 10 and unders and I'm like getting nervous. They're kind of like, fast. <laughs> are fast when you don't normally there's, there's nothing a 10 and under cannot do <laughs> literally like a 15 year old boy or something will be oh, like, yeah. let's race a 25 and i'm like oh i, <laughs> I can't it's not part of my training <laughs> i can't because I- <laughs> if i lose you're gonna tell everyone <laughs> yeah there's yeah there's no winning that like you win everyone's like yeah of course you won if you lose yeah, of I, course. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no you cannot turn off the emotional competitiveness ever so we'll just be living with that for the rest of our life but it's okay yep yeah um <laughs> yep. you learn to utilize it in other capacities <laughs> we're still working through that but <laughs> yeah so I think it's important to yeah look back out of meet like the olympics and find something if you're didn't have the meat you wanted to be proud of yourself for because mm-hmm. I've only recently realized that I need to be proud of myself for my career, even if I haven't reached my goal yet. Mm. And one of my goals. And um, I mean, I have many goals I haven't reached, 
And I really, really am working towards them. But I also need to look back and because, you know, in your own head, especially like after you walk back from the race, you know, that long walk back to the team area. Oh, the long one. It feels like a marathon. (laughs) That can be a long walk with your own brain right after a race. And for some reason, we're like embarrassed and you're like, oh my God, everyone thinks so bad of me. I didn't do this. Like I didn't get my hand on the wall. Like, oh oh my God. And everything's running through your brain. And I'm super bad about that for myself. Like I'm like embarrassed in my own skin. Like I'm like, for some reason. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't get a medal or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. And um, it can be a lot. And I think that's obviously what we drag away from the meat the most is the things that we didn't do. Mm. And I've only recently learned to like appreciate what I did do and learn from what I didn't and like really use that to like motivate me for like this year. So Mm. like looking back at Worlds last year, like I was so close to the podium and I was really frustrated with myself on not being able to go my 24 flat that I went three weeks earlier, you know? And I'm like, wow, like I literally can go this time. I don't understand and I was so, so upset and so frustrated. But I also needed to, like, what I got better at was turning it off and being, like, I'll figure it out later. I need to, like, get it out and, like, go cheer for this relay. Like, I need to be up there, like, for Team USA. Like, you need to put your own self behind you and, like, get up. So I've gotten better at that, too. But I was so frustrated with myself. And now I, like, look back on that meet a few months later and I'm, like, what can I learn from this? What did I do well? And how can I use this to motivate me? will motivate me for this coming Olympics. And that's what I'm doing Mm. is every day, like finding things, like thinking about what I've processed and using that in this coming year. And so I think that's also something that I just learned and I've been doing this for 10 years at a high level. You know, it's like, it takes time and I only wish people can learn this in their first couple of years. It's, it's very unlikely and it's very, yeah. You kind of have to go through it yourself to really learn it. And people can tell you this a million times, but to really understand it, it's like something that I've just recently learned is to like be proud of myself for my whole career because like the longevity is, is great. It's something to be proud of. And, um, but I still have more to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to use, to use that. And I think having, your wisdom and having athletes in the sport like you that have had the success that you've had, but also the journeys and the growth experiences for you to still be there and impart that knowledge and wisdom is so crucial for our sport as a whole, particularly the athletes, but you've made such an impact in the pool. You also have made such an impact out of the pool as well. I am really honored because one of the things that you talk about that hits home for me is positive body image. And you did an an amazing campaign with Speedo for that. And every time I've heard you talk about it, it just, I like my chest wells like with pride. And also I learned something and having your voice in that space is so important. We were talking about at the very beginning of this conversation of the importance of your nutrition and how much you have to eat and how you feel a difference if you're not fueling yourself well. And there was a point before Rio where I literally stopped eating carbs. Like I was not eating carbs and I was training for four hours a day. And it was because I was getting comments about people saying how good I looked and how thin I was. And all that did was fuel the fire. And then I would eat less. 
And I saw how it was impacting my training. And I finally was able to come out to my coaches about it. And they immediately got me in with a nutritionist who was like, oh my gosh, like you are not fueling your body for what it is that you're trying to achieve. And I was trying to fight the body type that allowed me to do what I was trying to do. And so I a wanted to thank you for everything you've said about it, but also wanted to give you space to speak more about it and why this topic is so important to you. Well, thank you. I'm glad I could, um, share some things. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard because it's, it's easy to, when you're on the outside of everyone sees the worst in themselves, mm-hmm. whether that be the way you look or things you say that you wish you didn't, or, you know, you, it always sticks to you mostly. And I think body image is such a big thing for females today in general, whether that be athletes or just people in the everyday life who look at social media and it's just a big comparison game. Mm-hmm. And I think on the athlete side of things, you just, it's, there's the basics where you're like, Oh, like you never see like models with muscle or you never do that. You never see this. It's never promoted. And it is starting to get a little bit more, but, and people say it, but I think it's more of like a personal thing where Sometimes I'm in an outfit and I'm like, oh, I look good. I'm ripped depending on where I am. Mm, And then I'm mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm wearing more feminine outfits or I'm dressing up for something, I find myself being like, oh, I wish my like shoulders were smaller. Mm -hmm. I wish my traps weren't as big. I wish my arms weren't as big because I'm wearing this little dress and I feel like a dude. And so I've learned to like every time I find myself saying that – I kind of like, this is weird, but I find like, I have very like supportive friends and family who like always tell me like, oh my God, you look so good. Like you look so ripped. So I kind of like put their voice in my head and I'm like, okay, like everyone else views me as like, like this is something to be proud of. Like they Mm. wish they could, you know, have my arms. Like, you know, it's silly. It's silly, but it's like, it's, I find like I'll put their voice in my head and I'm like, okay, like I only see myself like this. Like no one Mm. else sees my, like no one's looking at me and being like, you look like a dude. <laughs> like no one's thinking yeah, that. No. It's just myself. And so I have to like learn to also I've every time I've done this, I I do it to my friends and so they and it's always easier to give wisdom and not not take it. Give it to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I hear someone say something bad about themselves, like one of my friends or like my family, I'll be like, say something nice about yourself. Like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Like, they'll be like, Ugh. I don't know. They'll say something. And I'm like, no, say something nice about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. pick something and say that. Like, and so I try and do that to myself. And I know that sounds really silly. And some people will probably listen to this and be like, what are you saying? But I think for people who have gone through it and like, especially like muscular female athletes or whatever you're dealing with, it's like, one, I try and remind myself that I'm the only one who's thinking this. Like, yes. no one else is thinking this. Like, and two, recently also I've been like, I'm never going to be in this shape, like, ever again in my life. Like, I need to, like, enjoy it and, like, be proud of what I work for. And, mm. like, no one can do, like, this this percentage of the world can do what we do. Maybe even smaller. Get a little. Oh, like, little, little, little. <laughs> <laughs> this can do what we do. And like this allows me like I work for this every day mm, and I yeah. need to like be proud of it. And so I think 
it's just more of like a personal mindset for mm-hmm. me and like what I try and like spread like say something nice about yourself like pick something else like stop focusing on that like mm-hmm. I don't we all have insecurities and we all have days where we're like I don't feel good about myself but to like but when I con- it makes me really sad when I hear someone like constantly say the same thing I'm like it like I don't see it you're the only one who sees it mm-hmm. and so it's kind of just like muscle is when you have it like people want it and you kind of got to see it like that you kind of got to like be a little confident about the muscle because some people are out there like working for it and you're you got it so you got to flip your mindset about it and I still go through I am not by any means someone who's like perfected this I find myself like literally searching for a dress for, I don't know, like, golden got Like, the gold. I was like, can I wear this? I feel, like, I'm really big in this. Like, this is a small little dress. Um, you look stunning, stunning by the way. Your golden goggles. <laughs> it like, was, oh, let's just take a moment. Yeah, take a moment. <laughs> Thank you. Can we I pop up, it. Evan, can we <laughs> pop up her dress to take a picture, please? Because it needs to be seen more. <laughs> no, but that's a perfect example of before I even ordered the dress, I was debating ordering the dress because I was like, I'm going to feel buff in a strapless dress. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so, and then I caught myself and I was like, what am I doing? First of all, I'm going to be in an event full of athletes. Second of all, (laughs) like, why is that a bad thing if my shoulders look, but you know what I mean? And so I like, am like, actually, I think collarbones are pretty. So I'm going to like, you know what I mean? And so I kind of just have learned to flip the mindset a little bit and just like be proud of what I have. And I've like tried to, also, like, as a female, like, order the dress, even though I might, like, okay, I'm maybe afraid that I'm going to feel a little buff. Not look. I, I've also changed the word look to feel. Mm. Um, I might feel a little buff, but I'm going to buy it anyways. I'm going to try it on. Just because, like, as silly as it sounds, like, you just got to, like, kind of push yourself through, like, mm. what you feel you might not like. And just kind of, like, see the beauty in what you do have and, like, Find something to say nice about yourself. Like, yeah, okay, my shoulder. Maybe I feel like my shoulders are big in this dress. But I think my collarbones look great. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's, like, kind of, like, I've spoken a lot about this in different ways. But this, I feel like this way is kind of what I've learned and how to, like, get through that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's it's hard. And people deal with it all the time. Even, like, you don't realize that, like, people will make comments. Not necessarily girls about girls. But just, like, you'll hear, like, conversations just about, like, people on social media or, like, how she doesn't look right because this or, like, oh, like, she would have looked a lot better if she did that. And I'm, like, that's just so negative about mm. people. Like, we need to just be nicer to ourselves and be nicer to people, honestly. Uh, amen to that. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. Do you know what dress your muscles are going to look divine in? <laughs> I want <wedding laughs> you know to <laughs> You see what I did? What a Do great segue. <laughs> But actually, (laughs) so we'll just do this briefly before we go. We've been having so much fun, but tell us a little bit what you can about the wedding, about your fiance and just how that relationship, you know, has grown and evolved and the support system he is in your life and how excited you are to be a bride and a missus. Yes, Yes, I'm so excited. I mean, every girl dreams. I mean, most girls probably dream about I did about my wedding and um, I can't believe I'm actually getting married. It's crazy. I've been engaged for over a year now. So I got married or I got engaged in uh, November of 2022. 
Mm -hmm. And um, I started dating him my junior year of college, maybe. He was my class in at Cal, so I deferred. And so if I hadn't, we would have I would have been one class above him, but we were in the same class, so I am a year older, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so we were the same class at Cal and we became friends like immediately. So we were in the same friend group and we hung out all the time. And he asked me out like three times and I said no because I was like not because I didn't like it. I was just like not ready to date and um he was too nice for me to like just be like yeah sure whatever so I was like okay and so um I did say no and he just kept, he was patient and he waited and it was a waiting game that is sweet it was a waiting game and then finally um he asked me out and I said okay fine I'll go no I'm kidding I said yeah <laughs> and that the rest is history and that was uh I think junior college we've been dating for <clears throat> Five years, over five years, maybe. Amazing. Um, and officially, so everyone, every, all of our friends are like, okay, no, it's been like seven, but <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, officially it's been like five. Um, and our wedding's in Napa, oh. and, which is so exciting. And we love Napa. We love wine. We love going to Napa. Um, it's where he proposed. And so, yeah, we're doing it in Napa in September of 2024, and we're so excited um, yes, I did find my dress and I'm, Yay. I'm pumped. It's nothing like I thought it would be. I won't give you any details. You'll see it later, but it's <laughs> nothing like I thought. I wish I could show you, but I'm just not going to. Um, the suspense. We love suspense. it. Yeah. Exciting. yeah. I just, it's something I totally never thought I would even, again, I never thought tried, I would feel You just tried it on though. In this. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no way I will feel good in that. Put it on. What do you know? You know, you yeah. know, again, um, that's how they say it goes too. I even, that like yes. you end up getting the like one dress and that was how it was for Same. me that you would never get. I went in there literally like the only dress I will refuse to try on is a mermaid style. That's what you, oh, I wore a princess, like a puffy princess <laughs> dress. Like I was like, I'm not princess. <laughs> well, you know, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We're so excited for you. Thank you. I'm stoked. I'm so excited. And I, it's going to be like a post-Olympic wedding. Yes. It's just going to be a good little celebratory 2024. My bachelorette's post-Olympic. That's like my post-Olympic vacation and is my bachelorette. And so it's, it's just going to be like a fun year and the fall is going to be amazing. And I'm so excited and I've had a ton of fun and time too. So I don't stress planning it. And, um, yeah, we're doing the whole thing, live band and all of the good oh, stuff. So, so we're, we're so excited and yeah, it's crazy. The time is flying by. Yeah. It goes Life by so fast by. <laughs> and you have so, so, so much to look forward to. We are so thankful for your time. We will finish up with three questions that we ask all of our guests on each episode. So the okay. first question is what is a moment outside of the sport of swimming that has brought you an immense amount of joy or happiness? That's such a hard question. So many things. Um, outside of the sport of swimming, I'm going to have to say my proposal. Yeah. Just because that's such a big part of my life right now. And it's just like, it's the start of a new segment to my life too. And so I think getting engaged to Michael, who was meant to be, honestly, everything, our story, it was just honestly meant to be. So I think getting engaged around my whole family, with my family there was just like a highlight that's like, this far in my life is probably the, the thing that sticks out in my brain. It's so beautiful. Yeah. All right, same thing, but in the sport of swimming. 
Oh, that's so hot. I know. Sorry. I know. <laughs> we should have prepped you for this one. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let me just preface this by saying there are so many I, like, don't even... There's so many things in the sport that have brought me joy. Um, a moment, a moment. I'm going to say making my first Olympic team in 2016. I'm going to say the 100 free was my first event that I made the Olympic team in. I won it. I didn't even know what was going on. Like, I touched the board, and I had been dreaming about it all year. I, like, envisioned myself seeing number one next to my name and like I just like it was just a surreal moment as you guys like also yeah. experienced the moment of like making your first Olympic team and um it's just like an unreal moment and it just like shoots you to your career you know yeah and so I think it's just something I'll never forget it's very vivid in my mind yeah and you like totally even forget that the Olympics are even coming. It's like yeah. you're so yeah, in that moment. You're so of just present. Like, I made it. Like, and that's it. You've like, won your Olympic yes. medal right there. Like, yes. you are, it's over. Like, you're going to go celebrate. Now. <laughs> like, bye. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> and then so they're like, true. whoa, wait, come back. Like, you still have to go compete. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that moment. Okay. And yeah. you already answered this one. But our third question, we'll have you elaborate just a little bit more, was if you had a word that would encompass where you are in your life, something you're focusing on, what would that word be? You've shared that it's balance. So maybe just finish off with a little bit more there on why that is so important to you in your life right now. Yeah. So my word would be balance right now. And I think it's just honestly created that word and the meaning of it has made me the athlete I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, going through all parts of the sport, all sides of the sport, having had zero balance in the sport before and having too much balance in the sport before I found my balance. <laughs> and, um, I, I think it's really just made me who the athlete I am today. Um, mm -hmm. and the, the leader I am, which I, I pride myself on and, um, for the next generation as well. And I think if everyone can find how to, whatever that means to them, yeah, because it means something different to everyone, yeah. but learning how to balance your life and the sport um, mm. in any way that works for you is something that will keep your longevity in the sport. Yes. <laughs> and you are a prime example of that. You are. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Abby. We appreciate you taking time. I know you're with your family and your fiance. So thanks for the vulnerability, the insights, the laughs, and we're excited to see you at trials. Thank you. I'm so excited. You guys, this is an amazing podcast. I'm so excited to like see your guests. I'm I'm gonna be like waiting for who the next guest is. So I think this is a really I think this is a really cool idea just to like, you know, talk through like you don't really get this opportunity in a lot of spaces. Um mm, thanks for saying that. The the media world. So I think this is really cool and I'm gonna be listening. So Thank you so much for listening and watching Unfiltered Waters. We are so grateful for your support. If you could please hit that subscribe button on any of the channels that you're watching and maybe even give us a rating or review, we would appreciate it so much. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.